the A to Z of disease podcast. Welcome to another episode of the A to Z of disease podcast with me Rose Mokonyo. Today we are continuing with our discussion on diseases that affect children and we will be talking about heart conditions. And with me here is Dr. Penina Musioka of Machakos Children Clinic who will take us through this discussion. Karibu daktari. Thank you Rose for having me. It's a very important discussion that we discuss heart conditions in children because as adults they also get these conditions and of important in September is usually the world uh, heart uh, month for creating awareness about heart diseases and we are taking this chance to make sure we educate you more about these conditions which ages are usually affected by heart conditions all the way from birth even to teenagers even adults they can all get heart conditions what usually different is which kind of a heart condition they are developing for example there are those who will get what you call congenital heart diseases. When we mean congenital, we mean it's something you are born with. It's because during the development of the heart and the blood vessels, they don't develop normally. And so those heart defects affect how the heart is going to function. So you see those ones are babies from zero, they already have a heart condition. Then there is what we call acquired heart condition. These are the babies or children who will acquire these conditions as they grow. And the most common cause, especially as in Africa, is what we call rheumatic heart disease. And then overall, and even in the developed countries, is Kawasaki disease. And what causes these heart diseases? As I've previously alluded to, the congenital heart disease is basically during development in the utero, when the baby is being formed, embryogenesis, you'll find the heart does not develop normally or the blood vessels. So you may find the way the blood vessels are to be formed, some are fused, some are blocked, uh, or even there are some holes in the heart. And uh, that interferes with the way the heart is going to function. So that's something we are born with. And it is common in those babies who are born with some chromosomal disorders. For example, if a patient has Down syndrome, for example, then they are usually prone to getting certain specific congenital heart diseases. If a baby has what we call Turner syndrome, they also are prone to get another specific heart condition because of those chromosomes, the way they interfere with the development of the heart. Then when you move to the acquired heart conditions, then you'll find, for example, the most common cause being a rheumatic heart disease. You'll find um, it's an infection, for example, and that infection is really a group B streptococcus bacteria. When it infects the child, because they keep on getting recurrent tonsillitis, that bacteria, when the body is trying to fight it, then the antibody it produces, they also react with the heart. And that's how they develop a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Then Kawasaki disease is an autoimmune disease as well, which also affects the heart, which is something they acquire as they are grown. Then you'll also find uh, some patients, for example, if a mother has SLE, systemic lupus erythromatosis, then their children are also prone to getting a heart condition, what we call congenital heart block. So you'll find there are some other factors which have happened which have predisposed this child to getting specific heart conditions. Even some of those conditions are also, some are actually genetic, that they can acquire them genetically. 
Some parents believe that when their children have recurrent tonsillitis that they could be having heart diseases. So is tonsillitis one of the ways that one can know that their child has a, a heart condition? And uh, if not, how will a parent know that their child has a heart condition? Thank you so much, Rose, for that question. Um, recurrent tonsillitis on its own does not qualify to say a child has a heart condition. But we have said Recurrent tonsillitis may predispose a child to getting a heart condition. And of importance is you realize not everyone who gets recurrent tonsillitis is likely to get a heart condition. There's usually a genetic predisposition to it, and actually specific children who usually after getting those recurrent tonsillitis actually get a heart condition. So how will I know that my child has a heart condition? It depends on the age. For example, if you have a newborn, and that newborn seems to be looking to have a blue coloration around the mouth, the gums, and sometimes on the, on the digits, the toes and the fingers. Then you start asking yourself, could it be that my child is having a, a congenital heart disease? Again, those small babies, they will have difficulty in breathing. They may also have difficulty in breastfeeding. And uh, some, they, they just look like a sick baby basically and the problem with this art condition sometimes they can really get missed unless they are screened the beauty of it is in most of the developed countries the screen is really done with it all children get at 24, 24 hours they get a screening for a congenital heart disease the other way to know that your child has a heart condition is when they are a bit grown let's say from two to three months it's usually they start developing recurrent pneumonias. Mm -hmm. So the child has pneumonia today, you go to hospital, it's treated, after two weeks they have another pneumonia like that. You start asking yourself, is it a possibility? Number two, the same children you'll find they're not growing. They don't gain weight. They are feeding but they're not gaining weight. Number three, you'll find these children also, they don't breastfeed well. They breastfeed for a short time, they stop. For a short time, they stop. And as they are doing that, they're sweating a lot. So that's a, it's a sign that my child could possibly be having a, a heart condition. Then on top of that, you realize, depending on which condition they have, like what we call tetralogy of fallow, when they are grown, you will find when they are walking, they keep on squatting. And they squat for a while, and then they seem to be relieved, they continue what they were doing. And of course, they will have that blue discoloration, which we call cyanosis. That's also a telltale sign that possibly they could be having a, a heart condition. Then also, the other one is they tire very easily. We call it easy fatigability. You'll find if they were playing, they'll just play for a short time, then they get tired. And it can even get worse until even something like eating, it is making them tired and they're not able to do it. Even they're not even able to dress up because, you know, they're getting tired. And even in the bigger children, the teenagers will find exercise, they can even faint or pass out. They can get tired, even they can't walk for long, they can't play for long, they complain of chest pain, they complain when they lie flat, they are also not able to breathe very well. They will also complain that they are aware of their heartbeat and it's beating very fast, what we call palpitations. So when the, child has, the children have all that, then you start thinking, possibly my child has a heart condition and it's high time you need to call your doctor or visit your pediatrician for further evaluation. When these children come to the hospital, do you use the same signs and symptoms to diagnose or uh, are there other ways that you can diagnose this? So when they present to us in the hospital, we start with the history and we look out for the same symptoms I've talked about. 
Then after that, we will do a physical examination. And we usually do a full body examination, but most important is a cardiovascular examination. We look at your pulse, we look at the way your hands look like, we look at your chest, and even listen to your heart sounds. Because different heart sounds and added sounds will also give us a clue of what kind of a heart condition possibly the child has. Then after that, now we'll do the investigations. No, before we do the investigation, we'll also look at the body in totality. Because you may find I have a rash somewhere, which that rash could have contributed to this heart condition, so that it can tie down my diagnosis. So we'll examine the child in totality. Then after that, now we'll be sent to investigations which are specific. For example, what to start with the chest X-ray, it will t tell us how the heart looks like, whether it is big, normal, or the same, and even the shape of that heart. It will also show us how the lung fields look like because different heart conditions affect the lungs in a different way. And the pulmonary vasculature, the vessels, they are affected depending on the kind of a heart condition one has. So after the chest x-ray now, you will be sent for a echocardiogram. Echocardiogram basically is like an ultrasound of the heart. It will go look at the heart, look at where the defects could be, and it will be able to show where the defects are possibly. And it's really very important for making a diagnosis. And most of the time with an echocardiogram, you are able to make a, a diagnosis. We can also do what we call an ECG, electrocardiogram, also to look at how the electrical waves are moving in the heart. It also helps in the diagnosis. And in the most complicated things, you can do what we call um, MRI of the heart. You can also do what we call cardiac catheterization. I'm sure you have heard about the cathy labs. And they are very useful in terms of making diagnosis diagnosis and also in terms of even treatment in some of those heart conditions. Just to be clear, when we hear of children having a hole in the heart, is it also classified as one of the heart conditions or is it given a completely different uh, name? Okay, a hole is a layman way of saying it because those holes can be many and be in different places in the heart. So as when you talk about, we just say there is a defect. Huh? in the heart and that defect can be in the atria or in the ventricular septum. Uh, I don't know whether, yes, in the either atria or the ventricular septum. So it will be given a name according to where it is and how big it is and how many they are. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then also like it will be classified like sometimes it is very severe and the kind of a shunt it is giving you. We call it a shunt because blood is either moving from the right to the left or from the left to right. So depending with the pathology it is giving you then, it will be given a different name altogether. But basically it's just that there's a defect. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when we talk about this defect, just to bring you back a little bit, when we are talking about these holes that, we, that I just asked about, can it develop when the child is older, like um, maybe a teenager when they were no, or just okay when they were young? It can never develop when a child is older. What happens if the defect was small, it may be missed during childhood and then it will be picked when they are teenagers. Maybe now when they are exercising, then they collapse or they faint and then now someone goes and examines and then they find out there is something. So that's what happens. It's not that it just came. It was there all along, but mm -hmm. it was missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's very possible to miss if they are very small. Yeah. So it's uh, it's very likely that the child can be born with this condition, then uh, nobody detects it until maybe later in life. It's very possible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, how do we treat these heart conditions? Okay. So now it depends with which kind of a defect you have. Let's start first with the congenital ones. 
because they are those ones which are not even compatible with life. And most of the time, you'll find a baby is born as a fresh stillbirth or they die, you know, within the first few days of birth. Because, like the ones who say, they are duct dependent. When that duct closes, because it's supposed to close normally, then you'll find those babies, they just crash and they're, they're gone. Just like that, because they can't survive without it. But fortunately, because God has a way of making sure that if you decided you are going to survive, somehow you will survive, you will find those conditions, they usually come with those defects you are talking about. For example, there is what we call transposition of the great vessels. Basically, what it means, normally, in a normal heart, from the pulmonary, um, okay, the heart has two sides. And then we have the artery on the top and the ventricles on the uh, below them. Then we have the right and the left side. So from the right side, the right ventricle, it will raise a vessel which we call the pulmonary artery, which will go to the lungs. Then from the left ventricle, you arise the aorta, which will go take blood to the rest of the of the body. So it will, can happen sometimes they have interchanged, they have, they have switched. So you find the aorta is arising from the right, then the pulmonary artery is arising from the from the left. Now that condition without any defect, it is incompatible with life. You cannot survive like that. So what happens, you'll find some of them, they will have defects. Like on the ventricle you find there's like a space, what we'll call a ventricle septal defect, or on the atria there's atrioceptal defect. So because of that defect, there's mixing of blood from the two chambers. And that's what will make the child to, to survive. So in those kind of conditions, you'll find they need immediate repair for survival to continue. So this one, they need to be treated. Mostly, they actually need total repair, and uh, we are not able to do that in the country. But if we get a child with such a condition, for example, and we detect it before the duct closes, we have a way of making sure that duct continues to be open, and we can even create a defect artificially to enhance survival as we are preparing for the child to get total repair of the heart. Mm -hmm. So it depends when it is diagnosed. Then there are those conditions which will be detected when the child is two, three, four months. Mostly the atroceptral defects, the ventricular septal defects, and at least those ones in the country, they can be repaired. Those are the conditions we are saying. It is very important for the mother to notice something is wrong. It's also very important for the clinician seeing the baby to be able to pick them in good time. Because when they are referred to the cardiologist and the cardiothoracic surgeons in good time, something can be done, and even locally. Is you know even in Kenyatta National Hospital they're able to do those repairs and the child is able to live a normal life after that mm -hmm. because if those conditions for example you don't you know you don't act on them in good time what happens there's a lot of blood going to the lungs and uh, the lungs they don't like being flooded all the time so the pulmonary vasculature hardens and they develop pulmonary hypertension after that it becomes very difficult to repair those mm -hmm. patients. And if they are going to be repaired not in the country, most likely to be outside the country. So we say the earlier you pick, the higher you'll be able to make a difference for that child. Mm -hmm. Then the acquired conditions now. Like if a patient has Kawasaki disease, there is medications you can give in the world to prevent and minimize the risk of that child developing that cardiac condition. Because what they usually get is what we call an aortic aneurysms. So there's a way you're able to prevent that. And of course, you're able to follow up the patient with serial um, echocardiograms to see that whether you have been able to, to make a difference. And even if they are there, there's a way they can also be repaired and the situation to be salvaged in good time. Mm -hmm. The same applies to those who have the rheumatic heart disease. 
if they are picked early, the valves are able to be able to be repaired or replaced in good time so a child will live a normal life. And then you also put them on prophylaxis to make sure they don't get further damage. Because the fact that you've gotten one heart, one valve, sorry, damaged, doesn't mean that the others cannot get damaged. Again, those patients who we do, we realize they get um, the rheumatic fever first. After the first rheumatic fever episode, then they are put on prophylaxis all the way until they are around 20 years of age so that you can prevent another rheumatic fever. Because every time they get a rheumatic fever, then it damages the, the valve. And then finally you head up with the rheumatic heart disease. So there are many things you can be done to make sure these children they don't have to go the way uh, the others like are affected. Yes. So these heart conditions really kill and they can kill very fast. Yeah, they can kill very fast. And uh, you know, heart is everything. So if your heart is not functioning optimally, first of all, the, 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 the child is not able to live a normal life. You know, a child wants to play, they can't play. You'll find those children are always seated, they're always looking dull and miserable, they don't have energy. So their life is not enjoyable anymore. And, uh, you know, of course, death is also quite imminent. So it's something, if it's preventable, we're able to prevent it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what is treatable, at least to make sure the child gets that benefit of being treated. Now, after getting treated, does it recur? Um, most of the congenital heart disease, the ones who are, which are repairable, once they are repaired, most of the time the child will live a normal life. What will happen, you'll find their risk like of having other conditions, like the ones who have valve replacements. There are risk of getting what we call infective endocarditis. And you realize if they're going to go for any procedures, like dental procedures, retro procedures, then they'll have to get antibiotic prophylaxis because they're already at risk because they have a foreign body in their heart to prevent that kind of an infection from happening because it's a very serious infection. So apart from living a normal life, they also are at risk now of other infections. Then there are others you'll find at first they will be just be done like a shunt and then the repair will be done later. So you see that child, after the shunt, they look like they are well. But what the parents need to know is now we have to prepare for a total repair for that to be able to see now the child will be able to live well and does not require recurrent shunting each and every other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, But most of the time they are able to live a, you know, a different life from what they were living before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would want uh, to add on this? I would just need to insist that prevention is better than cure, especially with things like aromatic heart disease. It is a preventable condition. So when you see your child getting this recurrent translitis, don't sit at home. Don't go to the pharmacy and buy antibiotics and say we are okay. It's good we come so that we are able to screen and know which child is at risk of getting rheumatic fever, which child is at risk of getting rheumatic heart disease, so that we can start the prophylaxis in good time because you can see we can actually prevent these conditions from happening. And um, the other thing is, even you as a parent, you can also help us. If you have a feeling that your child is not well and you have seen the child behaving in an abnormal way, a child who is not playing, a child who looks dull all the time, has no energy, tires easily, because some things is only a parent who can pick, then it's very important you hear them out when you come to see your doctor or even visit a doctor because you realize the earlier we detect, the earlier we initiate treatment, the better the life that child is going to have. Mm -hmm. So we are all saying let's all be aware, let's all be keen and uh, let's uh, try and make early diagnosis and early treatment.
for this heart condition. Thank you very much, Dr. The key word there, or the key statement there, is that prevention is better than cure, and it's upon the parents to be keen and to watch out for some of these signs so that they can know whether their children have a heart condition. Thank you so much, and that has been the A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. You can reach me on uh, my email, that is rmokonyo at standardmedia.co.ke. Tell me if there is any condition or any other disease that you'd want us to discuss on this podcast. For now, goodbye. The A to Z of Disease Podcast.